is Luke Fickle not being aggressive enough? And is Gino Gadulli being too conservative? Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you very much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We're free and available everywhere that you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. This episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage. With a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC, I can always catch the games I want on Sling, and now you can too. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. All right, so one of the plays, turning points that stood out to me in, um, that stood out to me on, on Saturday was Luke Fickle going for it on fourth and one up 17 and nothing in the second quarter. Um, to timestamp the play, it came with about it came with 837 to go in the in the second quarter. 837, it's fourth and one on the Bearcats own 46 yard line. They try a run to the left to the left side. Corey Kiner is stopped for no gain. SMU takes over, cashes in, turns it into a touchdown. I don't mind going for it. I like the I like the decision to go for it. Um, you're up 17. You're running the ball really well. You're in rhythm offensively. You just had two straight drives result in touchdowns. So you want to keep SMU thinking like they have no chance and they are battling very very uphill. If they want even a shot to win the game, the decision to go for it I don't mind. Even though, even though if you punt the ball and you pin SMU back deep in their own territory, and Mason Fletcher had a good day punting, that decreases their chances of scoring. Your defense is playing well. I get all of that. Um, but I still like the decision to go for it with the momentum, but I don't like the play call. You know, I've said that Cincinnati is still a run-first team. That's their identity. But you have got to come up with a better play than that. If you're going to go for it on fourth down, and if you're Luke Fickle, you got to consider putting in Evan Prater in those situations. I get it. This Bearcats program is not a program that's going to play two quarterbacks in one game. That's just not who they are. That's fine. But what I also understand is that's coaching too conventional, right? Sometimes you got to go unconventional. And if you're Luke Fickle, you have to play the situation. Fourth and one, the defense knows you're going to run the football, right? So why not have a gadget play? Why not have an RPO where you completely fool the defense and you make them not know where the ball is going? Because everybody knew where the ball was going. Everybody on SMU's defense, every player knew where the ball was going. That was Corey Kiner. He was going to run the ball up the middle, up the left side, right side, whatever. The play was too predictable. 
So if you're Luke Fickle, you have to understand the situation. If the defense knows what you're going to do, why not catch them off guard by putting in another quarterback who's also very good at running? I mean, the play call could have been an RPO. Prater fakes the handoff to Kiner and then runs up the left side for a first down. And then the whole momentum of the game is still very much in your favor, right? There are many other options to do and consider than what you did. That's conventional coaching, which is fine. You're going to do what works best. But sometimes you got to go unconventional, right? The defense knows you're running the football in that situation. The defense, if it's fourth and one, more often than not, Cincinnati's looking to run. But last year, you could fool defenses because you had Desmond Ritter. And you never knew what, and and you knew, and you didn't know sometimes what Desmond Ritter was going to do with the football. But you know what Ben Bryant's going to do with the football. And it goes back to what I said on Saturday after the game. This offense right now has no creativity. It has no flavor. It's very vanilla. Um. You have to have some creativity. You have to have some trick plays. You have to be unpredictable. This offense is becoming too predictable. you got to have a better play than the most predictable run. And if you're going to run it, why isn't Charles McClellan in there? It's like Luke Fickle's outsmarting himself. Now, I'm not trying to say that he, you know, that's a weakness of his. It, it's not. He's not calling the plays offensively. But situationally, I would have considered putting in Evan Prater. I get it. This is a program that doesn't like to change quarterbacks in games for something so specific and for a situation so specific as going forward on fourth down. I get it. That's not what this program is about. But maybe it's got to change a little bit. Maybe you got to say, okay, we have this four-star talent, highest-rated offensive commit, overall commit, in Cincinnati football history. And we want to run the ball. So why not use him? Why not signal to Gino Gadulli, hey, I'm putting in Evan Prater. Have something dialed up for him. Have something dialed up where he takes a, takes the snap and runs directly up the middle. Have something where he fakes a handoff to Kiner or McClellan and runs up and runs a, a, a bootleg to the left or the right. Excuse me. That is where coaching and communication and knowing the situation of the game comes into play. Right? Um, Again, I like that it... Excuse me. I like the decision to go for it. I just don't like how the situation was handled as far as play calling is concerned. I would have gone with Evan Prater in that situation. Right? Especially because up to that point, Ben Bryan was struggling. Like, he was missing on a lot of throws. So why not change it up, confuse the defense, utilize a huge weapon that you have? Like, I think right now what the Bearcats are using Evan Prater is just a a player for mop-up duty. But here's a guy who saved you against USF and led a touchdown drive that won the game. That should give you the confidence of, hey, let's start to create a package of plays for Evan Prater. He's not just supposed to be used... For mop-up duty. He's supposed to be used for that kind of situation. I get it, Ben Bryan is the starting quarterback. But that doesn't mean he has to be in there for that play. He does not have to be in there. 
if you just bring in Evan Prater for one play, that would have been what I would have done. All right, so Luke Fickle's not coaching aggressive enough. Gino Gadouli is being too conservative. And I'll explain to you why that is after a word from Simply Safe. So I got to tell you about um, this is interesting. Is this right? I don't know if that's right. Um, hang on one second. Oh, I, I thought for me I didn't have the right live read, but I do. All right. Sorry about that. that was weird. So as everyone knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks, but when it comes to saving money, simply safe always stays on top. And right now you can save big with simply safe home security. They're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system. Simply safe was just, um, Named the best home security of 2022 by U.S. News. I use it. I love it. You'll love it too because it's simply safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. For instance, I leave making a lot on the weekends. Whether it's me going to Clemson, New Orleans. Whether it's me going to Nashville or Cincinnati back home. I want to make sure that my apartment is safe. And I use Simply Safe for that reason. With 24-7 professional monitoring, when a threat is detected, it goes straight to my phone with the app. It's, a, it's detected, simply saves monitoring professionals, monitoring professionals, promptly contact you and dispatch first responders to your home, even if you're away or un, unable to respond. 24-7 professional monitoring that costs under a dollar a day. That's less than half the cost of ADT's traditional professional installed plans. Simply safe blankets your home with protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Don't miss this chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash college today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash college. Go today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank with you back here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so Gino Gadouli. Um, and I looked back because the Bearcats had numerous drives 
stall inside the 25-yard line of SMU. It's why they had to kick five field goals. So I went back and looked at all the drives that reached that point or further in the game. Let's start with the possession after Arquan Bush's interception. So the Bearcats get the ball, get a turnover, and they start on the SMU 10-yard line. And this is with 12.20 to go in the first quarter. The following plays then happen. Incomplete pass over the middle to Nick Martiner. Handoff to McClellan. Runs for a one-yard gain out of the shotgun. And then a sack. Now one time do the Bearcats take a shot at the end zone. Forced to settle for three. Bearcats take a 3 nothing lead. All right. Let's go to the second quarter. Bearcats lead 17-7. to Still in control of the game. Bearcats reach the SMU 13 after a beautiful back shoulder throw from Ben Bryant to Jaden Thompson for 34 yards. Charles McClellan run up the middle for five yards. Next play, McClellan again out of the shotgun on second and five from the eight. No gain. Timeout third and five. Then Ben Bryant throws an incomplete pass short right. Hurried on the play by Jalen Samuels of SMU. Forced to settle for three. Bearcats up 20 to 7. We go to the third quarter. Bearcats still up 20 to 14. Bearcats get to all the way to the SMU 38. All right. McClellan out of the shotgun. Two-yard gain up the middle. False start by Jeremy Cooper. Pushes the Bearcats back five yards. Then that weird snap, direct snap to Leonard Taylor. Gains 10, third and three. Run up the middle by Kiner on third and three, two-yard gain. Now, remember, Tyler Scott wasn't playing yesterday or Saturday. So maybe that's why they didn't want to pass a whole lot and try and take some shots down the field, which they really didn't do a lot of. They took some, and some worked, but they didn't really go down the middle. They didn't really work vertically middle of the field. And by the way, the one play that I remember that did, Nick Martin dropped a touchdown pass. So they didn't really try to take a lot of shots down the middle of the field. And I get it when you have a guy like Tyler Scott who's not playing, it's hard to do that. All right. So Bearcats go up 20. Oh, by the way, Bearcats fourth and one from the 29. False start by Joe Huber. Bearcats settle for a 52-yard field goal by Ryan Coe. Excuse me. Bearcats go up 23-14. You're seeing a pattern here, though. Getting too conservative. They do great at getting in scoring position. But once they do, it's like they don't really know what to do. And as a result, they only gain a few more yards. It looks like Cincinnati doesn't know what they're doing once they get to the red zone. Right? And now that we know Gino Gadulli called plays last year, you could see why some of the drives that didn't result in points or were forced to settle for three, why that happened. Because Gino Gadulli wasn't being aggressive enough. And last year, he should have been. With the likes of Alec Pierce and Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor, we're going to talk about those guys throughout the week because they're going to be big keys to the game against UCF. You have all this weaponry on offense. You have the deepest receiving core that you've had in years. So you've got to be a little aggressive. Run a slant to Will Pauling. You know, hit Jaden Thompson on those back shoulder throws. You know, send Wiley up the seam or send Taylor up the seam. You know, send Nick Martin on a go route. Run an out route to the sideline. 
You got to get creative and aggressive offensively. Right now, you're too predictable. So 23-14. Then we go midway through the third quarter. Bearcats get to the SMU 29-yard line. Incomplete short pass to Wiley. Pass broken up. McClellan up the middle for seven. That's fine. Next play, Ben Bryan tries to run. Sacked for a loss of four. They call it a four-yard loss. Tackle for loss. Ryan Kelwitz from 44. Bearcats up 26-14. Final possession of the third quarter. Bearcats get all the way down to the SMU 20. After a 35-yard pass play down the middle, up the seam. First play, five-yard pass to Martin. Next Taylor. Forced to settle for three. Bearcats final score of the day, 29-14. And then the possession that led in field goal. That led to a missed field goal. Bearcats get all the way to the S22. Chris Scott with a big fourth down catch on that drive. Kiner up the middle for no yards. Ryan incomplete to Jaden Thompson. And then incomplete to Ryan Montgomery. Actually complete, but loss of four. Bearcats forced to settle for a 44-yard field goal. Blocked. And that allowed SMU then to march um, 62 yards in three minutes and 11 seconds to cut the deficit to 29-21. So, again, just when the Bearcats get down to the 25-yard line, and this has been a problem since last year, sometimes they don't really know what they're doing. They do know what they're doing between the 20s, but games are won and lost and decided, and they... The difference can be made inside the 20. Play calling is extremely vital when you're inside the 20. You got to have plays that work, that are creative, that are unpredictable, when you don't have that much room to work with, right? Right now, the Sparecats offense, they don't know if they want to run. They don't know if they want to pass. They look unsure of themselves. When they get inside the red zone. And they cannot be that way. Right? When they get in the red zone, they're boom, 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 attack. Memphis, a few years ago, boom, 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 attack. That's how they were. The Bearcats right now, and this has been a problem actually not just since last year, but thinking about it now for years. It takes a lot of effort for them to punch it in. Like it's hard for them to do. Why is that? It shouldn't be that way. You've got a deep running back room. You've got a lot of weapons at wide receiver. You've got the best tight end tandem maybe in the country behind Georgia. Like, it shouldn't be this hard. It really shouldn't. And a, and a lot of us were excited when Gino Gadulli got promoted to offensive coordinator. But you've got to be more aggressive. Maybe let Ben Bryant sling it. Like, Tyler Scott's a deep ball weapon. But in the red zone, that's when you go to Thompson. That's when you go to Wiley and Taylor on RPOs. That's when you go to your running backs on wheel routes. Now, there's many, many plays you could come up with, but you're not doing that right now. 
All right, coming up, we're going to talk about something that I really, I did not really touch on after the game on Saturday, but it was massive to the Bearcats' success on defense, plus something else I observed from the game Saturday and why it resulted in a not-so-dominant win over SMU after two previous dominant wins over the Mustangs. I will get into that after a word from LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. I am sorry. Let me put the overlay up on the screen. Let's try that again. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They help find the right people for your team faster and for free. I used them when I was at Bearcast Media. It allowed me to hire great people who have gone on to do incredible things. And it's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Just add your job and your purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Um, I, we got to finish out the year strong. And the right team member can help me do that. You know what? Russ Hellman's on with me a lot. And I didn't even need I, I didn't even need LinkedIn. But you know what? If I did, I would have reached out to him. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college. That's LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. One thing we don't really, um, I haven't really touched on since Saturday's game was the play of the cornerbacks against SMU's prolific passing attack. On Saturday, the Bearcats um, against SMU, the leading receiver for the Mustangs had 44 yards, and that was Jordan Curley. Rache Rice, quiet, four for 41. R.J. Maryland had a touchdown. Jordan Curley had a touchdown, yes. But SMU only had 179 passing yards. Tanner Mordecai, before leaving the game with an injury, was 15 of 25 for 105 yards and a touchdown, sacked five times on the day. A terrific performance by SMU by the Bearcats. You know, SMU only came into the game with allowing six sacks all season. They were sacked six times, Mordecai and Preston Stone combined. Um, for Cincinnati... Defensively, uh, in the cornerback room, Jaquan Shepard, four tackles, a tackle for loss, a pass breakup. Arquan Bush had four tackles and a 15-yard interception return. Uh, Jaquan Shepard's getting better every week, I feel like. He's starting to finally settle in a little bit. And Bush against Rache Rice was fantastic. Um, Byron Threats had three tackles. So just a really fantastic performance by Cincinnati's defense. Pass rush. With Ivan Pace, Jaheim Thomas, Jaquan Shepard had a sack. A really fantastic performance by the Bearcats defense against a SMU offense that came in averaging over 400 yards a game. And this is very similar to performances against the Mustangs in years past. You know, SMU always, you worried about how the Bearcats defense would hold up against a prolific passing attack. Well, the last two years, they only allowed 13 points in Dallas and 14 points last year. Last year, the Bearcats held SMU at the below, almost 300 yards below their season average. This year, uh, they held SMU on the day. 
to um, 259 yards of offense, so well below their season average, and made it hard for them to score. So great performance overall by the Bearcats defense. Pass rush, corners against their receivers, particularly Bush against Rache Rice. Rice came into the game with 49 catches, 761 yards, and four touchdowns, held to a meager four for 41 and no touchdowns. So very quiet day for Rache Rice, who clearly was frustrated when he took it out on Ivan Pace Jr. with that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in the third quarter. Um, one position that we haven't talked about, or something that I never that I haven't talked about from the game, and that was, I think you saw the difference between the two games in 2020 and 2021, really 2018, and this year. And this was talked about. Mo and Tony talked about this on their show. Mo talked about this, you know, throughout the week leading up to the game. I think the Bearcats missed Desmond Ritter in this game. Desmond Ritter had unbelievable performances against SMU. Unreal performances. 300-yard passing games, I believe, twice. And so Ben Bryant, maybe we're starting to see, and this might just be because of Desmond Ritter's performances and, you know, recency bias. I really think we're starting to see Ben Bryant's growing pains. Like Desmond Ritter against SMU, his numbers against them. We can go back um, last year against SMU. He was, do I not have him? Hmm, that's weird. Uh, That's odd. Well, okay. So 2021... Ritter against SMU, 17 and 23, 274, three touchdowns. Um, had that's not right. Uh, in 2020, 13 of 21 for 126, but eight carries for 179 yards and three touchdowns. And for good measure, in 2018, that game with the Bearcats won on a walk off pick six at SMU in 2018. My stats will load for me. Um, I know he had over 300 yards. One of his best passing games. 33 of 53, 52, two touchdowns, 17 carries, 47 yards. Uh, did throw two picks in that game against SMU, but led a game-time field goal drive, and that, that set up the heroics in overtime. I think now you're starting to see some growing pains from Ben Bryant. And I say that because, and I said this after the game, this offense without Tyler Scott is too predictable. Defenses know they're not going to get beat over the top, so they know the run game is coming at them. Now, the run game has been really solid, but in certain situations, you got to have trick plays, creative plays to run the football. Whether that's RPO, whether that's an end around, whether that's, you know, I don't know what, I, I mean, whatever Gino, Gino Gadula can come up with. You know, whether that's a, you know, fake the pass at the last minute you hand it off. I don't know. But you have to, you know, you have to over, you have to find a way to help Ben Bryant overcome his growing pains. Because we're starting to see it. Defenses have figured out this offense. There's no creativity. It's so vanilla. And without your most <laughs> explosive playmaker to take the top off the defense, 
You have to start utilizing Wiley and Taylor on rollouts or Taylor up the middle, Thompson on back shoulder throws. You got to start utilizing, you know, more routes on the route tree and dig deep for some creativity. Because right now there's none of that, unfortunately. And so we were spoiled so much with Desmond Ritter's performances that now with a new quarterback who, yes, came in with a year of experience, and that was valuable, but we're starting to see that in American Athletic Conference play with the expectations surrounding him and surrounding this team. The second half that showed the second half team that showed up against Indiana is still here. You know, Ben Bryant wasn't dominant in this game. Wasn't really, wasn't pretty offensively watching it. There's no creativity with the top target out. And that has to change. Coming up tomorrow, film review of the game from Saturday. And then on Thursday, Russ Hellman will join me for his thoughts. Plus, we'll look ahead to the Bearcats game on Friday and Thursday against UCF this coming Saturday. Should be a fantastic game. UCF losing to East Carolina on Saturday, 34-13. to So how does that impact the game? I'm going to share some thoughts on that game tomorrow. Because they're a little different than what they were last week. And I'll explain why. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's. N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore. Email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. If you have a topic you want to talk about or want to leave a comment on the show. Lockdown Bearcats is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Lockdown Sports today from the games that matter to the most, from the games that matter the most to the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today. <coughs> Excuse me, I was trying to hold that back. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. I'll be back tomorrow with a film review of the game from the Bearcats against SMU. Stay safe. Stay healthy so you can keep making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow us, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats, and I will talk to you all tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats.